Hello! As many of you are probably aware, there was a horrible winter storm in Texas unlike anything they're used to that put a major burden on all their infrastructure, leaving many without power, water, or heat. And while this was happening, their senator took an impromptu trip to Mexico to get out of the cold. A major blunder on his part, which led to protests outside of his home. Complete with a mariachi band. I got the fortunate opportunity to chat with Brian LaFinca, a venture fan who wore a Guild of Calamitous Intent mask as he led the attack of fine Spanish music. Enjoy. So, uh, I got to ask first, um, how are you and your family doing? Because I know you're in Texas. Yeah, so um, everybody everybody in my family, we're, we're a little bit more spread out. Uh, my sister lives in uh, Denver, and she's, she's doing fine. Uh, my little brother lives in San Antonio. They got about uh, a little bit more than a foot of snow in their yard, and uh, their pipes froze, but nothing bursted. Uh, that was all we were worried about is like, you know, the water damage that comes is pretty, pretty significant. Uh, mom and dad, they, my dad built a barn out on some property and he built like a barn dominium. So he and my mom live in a barn out in the middle of nowhere. And so they lost power for a bit and they went and stayed with my grandma. Um, my, in my house, we only lost power for about uh, two nights. And after that, everything was, was okay. Um, our water went down to a trickle. I mean, we didn't have water pressure the whole time, but we didn't have to worry about uh, pipes bursting at all. Everything was perfectly fine. Um, so on the other side of everything, like everybody, everybody I know tended to make it out pretty well. Um, we were a little bit more worried about, you know, friends and family and uh, people that were not uh, as lucky as us. We were like, hey, guys, come on over, take showers if you need to. I mean, we we have a gas water heater, so we didn't yeah. have to worry about uh, not having hot water. Yeah. That's pretty nice. So, yeah, I mean, the whole thing is crazy. I I, even, I didn't even have any idea you guys weren't on our national grid <laughs> until. That's, uh, that, that's something that, I mean, I guess we learned it young because, like, you know, Texas is. Texas is going to do what Texas wants. It's a, it's a strange place. And I mean, I, I love it. I don't know that. I, I, I mean, I guess it's kind of inherent. We're all born with this, this arrogant state pride thing. And it's like, try as you might, you never really get rid of it. <laughs> I've been all over this country with work. I've, I've been everywhere and I've, I've lived on the road for like the past 10 years. Um, and up till COVID, that was my main source of income was um, going out on tours and, and managing for uh, different marketing companies, uh, large live scale events, uh, live large scale events. Yeah. Um, and uh, for, for years, I mean, that, that's what I did every year for, you know, festival season, I'd go out on the road and then come back and uh, be here for a couple months and then go back out again the next year. Um, but what we've, what, uh, Kind of, I mean, you know, COVID threw a, a wrench in the gears there. So like everything yeah. is kind of settling and we're all trying to figure out our places. Uh, <laughs> Texas is a, is a strange place, my friend. It is a really strange place. We all, uh, it's something I heard described one time. It's like all the cities in Texas. I mean, nobody, nobody hates Texas more than Texans hate other Texans. 
it's like the uh the longest ongoing sibling rivalry uh austin and san antonio they're at odds all the time houston and san antonio we kind of have each other's back so we kind of make fun of each other too everybody hates dallas uh dallas <laughs> pretends like they're better than everybody else you know <laughs> so um uh, walk us through your thought process sunday because uh mariachi i mean brilliant <laughs> so so uh as that went um a friend of mine uh her name is jenny she she had the idea and she just posted on facebook she was like hey guys uh we know that ted cruz didn't get to finish his vacation um but you know want to see if anybody can help me pull this off we want to send like mariachis to go play outside of his office window or whatever and uh she tagged me in the post and i was like well i know from seeing posts that there are going to be people protesting in front of his house because of this whole thing and i mean if there are already people there protesting then we don't really have to worry about um worry about people calling in because they're already going to be there you know it's yeah. like they're they're going to be any worry about that so i didn't want to necessarily hijack the the protest that was already going to be happening um but knowing it was there kind of gave us a little bit of a buffer so that we knew that we were going to get some eyes on us and that was the biggest concern was we just want to have as many eyes on it as possible because yeah. it is like an absurd thing. Like just having Mariachi play in front of somebody else's house is, is like ridiculous. But I mean, the entire point was to have a protest that was as ridiculous as the subject that caused it. So yeah, yeah. Leaving, leaving a state during a disaster, like what was going on, it would have been like if he left during Harvey, I mean, it would have been like it, it just just leaving your constituency like nobody nobody's blaming him for the weather like that's no. i think that there are plenty of people out there that are like well what did you expect him to do like go fix the electric grid by himself or like you know get your water running by himself is he a plumber blah 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 blah. and it's like no dude that's not what it is but a politician's number one job is raising money and concern for their constituency and that is not what that man did no it's I mean, we, we have ongoing proof that the only person that Ted Cruz cares about is himself. And this isn't coming from a political place. This is just a, this is a valuation of him as a human being. <laughs> he's just, he's a selfish monster. <laughs> and that's all we get. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. um, so, but did you think it would go viral? Because, I mean, it I had picked up real... It picked up real quick. It did. It did. It was, uh, we tried to make it as organic as possible. Um, I started with the Facebook live videos because I figured that that was going to be the easiest way to have eyes on it. Um, but I also didn't want to necessarily put out there exactly what we were doing before we got to site. And so I did put um, a link to the protest out about 30 minutes before we showed up to site. And I was like, hey, 30 minutes is good enough, right? If you guys want to show up, you're more than welcome to. Um, the, the thing was, uh, I didn't want there to be any hindrance for us to actually just walk up to the property. I mean, it's not like River Oaks is a gated neighborhood. So like just walking up and playing mariachi on the sidewalk, isn't like, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing saying you can't do it. And it's as peace, peaceful of a protest as you can actually have, you know, I mean, it's just music playing on a sidewalk. Um, it, it is. 
I think that the image was pretty, pretty stark. And that was kind of, I, I think it was just really sweet, like come up and, <laughs> and that's why people attach to it so well. Um, but, you know, coming from somebody who has, you know, really gotten into like, just, just, just the idea of somebody getting what they deserve. Like, I'm not like a, like, I'm not like, I don't have a super hard on for justice or whatever. You know what I mean? It's not like that. It's just more like there is nobody in Congress or in, uh, in the Senate more hated than Ted Cruz. And so watching him, <laughs> watching him have to deal with it and sidestep around it and not address the actual issue and throwing his daughters and wife under the bus to begin with, it's just like, it's just so scummy. And it's so perfect. <laughs> I know. It, the, the karma is what's really, really beautiful about the whole situation. It's great. Right. Um, I, I'm just happy that it was received the way that it was, because it seems like everybody got the point. Everybody. Uh, and, and, and really, we haven't gotten enough negativity on it to like to even like make us think twice about whether or not it was a good idea. It felt like a great idea when we got it going. And by the time it was over, like we were <laughs> still laughing about it today, you know? Yeah, um, exactly. I don't, I, I don't know that we knew that it was going to go viral the way that it did. I think when somebody sent me the, uh, somebody sent me the link to, uh, to Jimmy Kimmel talking about it. And that was the moment when I was like, oh, damn, this, this, this went crazy. Um, I got interviewed by uh, somebody with Vice this morning. That was pretty intense. That was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. You, because, yeah, he really did. Um, this is probably maybe the first, like, big sort of crazy stunt of 2021 that anyone's seen. I, I, I didn't, I have not thought about it that way, but I mean, I'll, I'll gladly take that. <laughs> Crazy stunt. Number one. Got it. Got it. <laughs> um, and you were wearing a Gilda Calamitous intent mask while you did this. Was that, yeah. uh, was that intentional? It was, it was fully intentional. I, uh, I sent a picture to, uh, a very good friend of mine who she's, she's very active in protesting. Um, but you know, there, there is a, uh, there's a contingent of people out there who are actively searching for someone to blame for everything that's going wrong in, in the world. And especially when it comes to like protests yeah. and I'm not going to like outright say that this is going to be something like Antifa, but the idea of wearing a mask that says the guild on it, like right here, and having people searching for the guild. What is this guild that they're talking about? Like, like freaking out on the internet about it. It was, it was very intentional. And I thought that it would be really funny if like they, they came back and it like had people looking up the Venture Brothers because of it, because then maybe they would get how absurd I was trying to go with the protest, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I, or at the very least, maybe bring in some new viewers <laughs> Who knows? I mean, if any show deserves it, it's definitely uh, definitely Venture Brothers. <laughs> I've uh, over the years, I've brought in, I've I've brought Jesus brought in, 
I can't even talk right now. It's it's been a long day. <laughs> I, I've brought a lot of new eyes to the show. I mean, it's just uh, the person who introduced me to the sh- to the show actually um, gave me season one on a burned DVD uh, back in two thousand four. And uh, I remember watching the pilot episode. I remember watching the pilot and being like, I don't know that, like, you know, I was 17 at the time. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know that I'm ever going to get into this. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's funny, but like, I don't know if it's funny the way that I'll end up with it. So I watched all of season one and I was like, wow, this is amazing. This is really ridiculous. But then by the time season two came out, he had never, he, he never kept up with it. So I want to say it was right before season six uh, got released. Um, he and I were having a conversation. This a buddy of mine who lives in Memphis and he actually works at a news station in Memphis. Um, and I was like, dude, you really need to watch Fincher Brothers again. You need to follow through because I mean, I know that you're the one who introduced me to the show, but it gets so much better after season one. <laughs> it's so much better and so much deeper and so many references that like that. That only people that I mean, I mean the the, the Mars God of War uh, suit up scene with twenty one and twenty four is one of my all time favorite scenes, and I I'll talk about that scene till the day I die. That um, always talk about the uh, the uh, um, space oddity reference in Ghost of Sargasso. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's so deep. There's so much that you can just enjoy as time goes on. And I finally, uh, I finally watched enough Star Trek to get all the references in Futurama. And so now, like, like now I have that. And I feel like between the three shows, I'm like this, this like this overly referential uh, way of making art, where everything is a reference to something else. And it's like these are these are the shared traits of, of all these people and these are things that like hey we're going to bring you the things that we like we're going to create art out of the things we like and like make these little pastiches of like different uh different forms of art that have like influenced our all of our like you know our wants our desires and our uh our own idea for what makes good art you know what i mean yeah i think that like venture brothers is like unparalleled when it comes to that yeah yeah I mean, it's a master. I've I've said more than once that it's it's a master class in world building and character building, and it's it in writing in general. Just the way some of the scenes play out, some of the dialogue, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, the uh, I th- <laughs> oh man. I think that my favorite go-to scene to like try to explain to somebody how good this show is now is uh, is Hunter and Brock in the uh, in the airplane talking about the stripper. It's like <laughs> the sad tits, mournful tits, mournful. <laughs> like two suicide notes in a glitter bra. Want to buy oh two my. tiny caskets and give them a dignified burial. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's that's I think a favorite of everyone is the the, the mournful tits discussion. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
So um, every fan has their own answers to these questions. Uh, sure. Uh, so let's, uh, we're just going to do some rapid fire here. Um, what's your favorite episode? Uh, probably Ghost of Sargasso, just because it is, uh, that, that, uh, the, uh, the opening with Space Oddity. That, that's probably the reason why that's my favorite. Huge David Bowie fan. Yep. R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know anyone who's not, like, yeah. a Bowie fan yeah. in some way, in some capacity. Right. Um, favorite antagonist? Oh, man. Don't kill me for this. I... <laughs> I love Brick Frog so much. I mean, I, I honestly, it's, it's definitely the Monarch and I've dressed up like the Monarch for Halloween. I did in 2006, I dressed up like the Monarch for Halloween. Um, but my go-to is just the, man, I know that it's, it's so lame and it's, it's an ongoing like cliche, but man, Brick Frog is so good. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> I, I, yeah, uh, his only skills are, frog bean and brick dressing like a frog and throwing bricks it's perfect (laughs) i don't know i mean is what can we consider jonas jr an antagonist because i feel like he is i i think you consider jonas senior an antagonist. i think jonas jr tried his hardest to be a protagonist i think sure sure i uh uh man i don't know i i feel like because he tried his hardest to be a protagonist it was like constantly an antagonist to rusty but you know <laughs> even in his but, the, death. but then again life is an antagonist to rusty absolutely <laughs> God, like my personally one of my favorite quotes is phantom limb uh saying if we don't let them have this we're going to get uh i think it was like acid spit lasers and a guy throwing bricks at us <laughs> 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 so good it's just uh, uh favorite protagonist helper helper is my favorite protagonist i have a i have a giant helper tattoo on the back of my calf that is dedication it i i got it in uh in 2012 <laughs> so like i don't even know how many seasons in we were then but uh I believe it that, was, was, uh, that was the break between four and five. It makes sense. because Oh, yeah, because it was right after Operation Prom, which is my... Ah, I don't know why I lied. Operation Prom is my favorite episode. Uh, <laughs> like, like a Friend by Pulp. Like a Friend by Pulp is like soundtrack to my life. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and of course, you know, you get the whole discussion about what a Rush the Adventure is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Dermot, man. What? <laughs> I know I grew up with too many people who were Dermot. I think I might have been a little bit of a Dermot growing up. Uh, I know that's, hope that I'm a little bit. <laughs> I know that's why uh, what uh, Doc and Jackson said is like everyone grew up with a Dermot. That's yeah. it's, it's a character we all grew up with. Oh, um, yeah. We all knew Dermot. <laughs> but <sighs> love Helper. Even if Walking Eye Helper, love Walking Eye Helper, love any type of Helper. I I fully support uh, your choice. 
I'll I'll send you a uh, I'll send you a picture of the tattoo late, later. It's uh it's just helper with his mouth open carrying a bindle. Sad helper. Oh, the sad yeah. helper. Sad helper. That's my favorite. That's I so can't believe sad. I've got feelings. No lines. <laughs> well, no, well, no, he has some lines. He talks about Maya Angelou, you know. <laughs> They can all understand him. He talks. Uh, <laughs> uh, favorite quote? Oh, when uh, the lepidopterists are talking about Brock and uh, one goes, I like the cut of his jib and the other one goes, I like the cut of his hair. Like, that's probably my favorite quote. <laughs> Always makes me laugh. <laughs> okay, so I feel like I know the answer to this one. Uh, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Helper or Robobo? Oh, easily Helper. Come on, man. <laughs> what? Not Robot Beauregard? Come on. <laughs> uh, conjectural Technologies or the Order of the Triad? Conjectural Technologies of the Triad? Yeah. Oh, I, I mean... Uh, I got a soft spot for Billy. I got to go conjectural. <laughs> I, I, I do. I, I just feel like that that poor little guy has had so much trauma. <laughs> uh, Orpheus is great though too. I don't know, man. I, I, I would probably still stick with uh, conjectural technologies though. Yeah, I pull you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and then also you get Robobo. Everyone's favorite character. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really like Robobo. I, it's stupid that I like Robobo, and I realize. That. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> and then also with conjectural technologies you get to uh have showdowns with saint cloud oh man oh god saint cloud <laughs> it's like that that whole scene where he's like where there were the monarch and uh i guess it was the monarch trying to train him to be a good arch where he's like uh it's gonna rain out. I hope you brought your rubbers. It's like that. That's a weird ass moment, man. Is that, yeah, I hope you brought your rubbers. Mm. Uh, yeah. mm. <laughs> He's gonna pull his first penis. Um, <laughs> Sphinx or OSI? Oh, OSI. OSI mostly because of Treaster. Um, I've once again soft spot in my heart for Toby Huss. Yeah, uh, I I grew up I grew up on uh, King of the Hill, and uh, also if you haven't, uh, Halt and Catch Fire is one of my favorite shows. That is that is a breeze to just walk through the uh, the four seasons that they have. Uh, it's quick. I I I may have to do that. I I uh I similarly. Have a have a soft box for Cozy House. Not just because he's a fellow Iowan. Uh, mm. but, I did not know that. Yeah, <laughs> he's an Iowan. Uh, but I, Pete and Pete was like my bread and butter when I was younger. So and, yeah, you know, yeah, I, strongest man in the world. So running through running through all the Toby Huss like characters that he's played. Um, I mean, Artie, Artie, obviously, like, yeah, when I was a kid, Nickelodeon, Pete and Pete all the way. 
but uh, I didn't know that he was the guy who sold Ethan Embry the fake ID in uh, Vegas Vacation. And that that's funny because he he has that, that same song. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, I love that movie too. Oh, it's so good. Mr. It, Papa it's, Giorgio. It, that is probably, what's that? Mr. Papa Giorgio. Papa Giorgio. <laughs> that is actually that's probably one of my like that's probably my second favorite vacation movie. Uh, and, and then he was also the Wiz on Seinfeld. Oh yeah, <laughs> man, Toby Huss, a man of many faces. He gets around. I, he gets yeah, around. Well, I mean, between between Con and uh, Cotton on King of the Hill, uh, that voice just kind of sticks with you. And so, Co- when you Cotton got him is about, pretty much you know, Traster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like hearing hearing that voice talking about, I've got pee cancer, like that. <laughs> so fucking funny man the can't just can't <laughs> this oh. goose box <laughs> it is fruit punch and it is delicious <laughs> oh man uh, revenge society or peril partnership <laughs> Revenge Society. I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not really, it's hard for me to side with Phantom Limb. It's hard for me to side with Phantom Limb. I, but I guess I got to do it because like Peril Partnership is only like. They just operate it's, in it's Canada more, anyway. They're not our problem. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and the big question, who do you think caused the movie night massacre? Who do I think caused the movie night massacre? Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, didn't Jonas cause everything? (laughs) Isn't Jonas the cause of everything? Isn't Jonas like the ultimate cause in all adventure brothers? (laughs) Like, I, that's such a cop out, but I got it. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go with Jonas. <laughs> you think he, he he did it to himself? <laughs> yeah. Just. Oh my god. Oh, god. Such a good show. <laughs> um, yeah. And all the people listening to this are obviously fans, so they don't need me to mm-hmm. tell that. Um. So, I I know Texas is still struggling. Um. Where do you recommend people would donate if they want to help out people who are saying trying to pay off uh, these massive electricity bills that they're now getting? And well, I think that we're going to end up seeing some relief. Uh, I think we're going to end up seeing some debt relief, like a federal, um, a federal like program to help with uh, emergency funding for that. I'm not, I'm you know, I, I'm not here to say that that's something to rely on. Um, but I do know that it's never a bad idea to donate to the Houston food bank. I mean, that's just for me here in Houston. And, and like, yeah. that's, that's where my, uh, that's where my loyalty always is. Um, but I, I, I think that it's good to donate to food banks in general. I mean, like there's, there's only so much you can do. And, uh, these people that are still struggling with, uh, without 
electricity and like the people whose food went bad just from leaving it in the fridge and their power going out, you know, um, we still have people that are lining up to get free meals. Um, I have a few friends who are chefs that have been doing, um, like hot meals, like once a day, like you can come through and bring your family and we'll, we'll take care of you. Um, but I think that, you know, overall the concern is more for that than anything else. Like, let's just make sure that yeah, we yeah. got people, their basic necessities before we start worrying about their electric bills, because those, I, I have a friend, actually, I have a friend who got a uh, $5,000 electric bill from, uh, yeah, that's, from, because that's, they, that's what we're hearing about is like people getting $16,000 electric bills. It's insane, man. It is crazy. So uh, <sighs> people should uh, d- donate to uh, Texas Food Bank's Houston Food Bank, for example. Um, That's that would be my go-to. That's like it's always a good idea to feed people before we uh, before we worry about anything else. And I know that that sounds like a little bit short-sighted, but I mean that's in my experience that's been the uh, the number one help is uh, making sure that people are fed. Yeah, food security. Mm-hmm. So, um, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. It's been great, you know, chatting. Absolutely, with you, man. And it's been awesome, you know, seeing. I see you around <laughs> the fandom a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, it, it, this well, is, hey, man, this has been pleasant. Um, it's it, yeah, it's good. To talk, it's it's always good to talk to a fan, uh, a fan of the show. You know what I mean? It's like it. There's a uh, there's a strange brotherhood. That goes on with uh, the Edger Brothers fandom that you can't really explain to anybody outside of it. It's not like the same thing as being a Trekkie or any of the other. Like Star Wars fandom is so toxic, you know. It, it's oh. it's gotten to the point where yeah, yeah, it's it's just gross. And I feel like there is a there it, there's almost a learning curve that like is required to uh, you have to find yourself. Um, pretty high up before you can actually really starting start to enjoy the venture brothers but yeah. once you get it, it takes the dedication of watching through before you start picking up on the references and you you really get what the show is about yeah. and it, it's it's one of the few shows where i'd be like hey man you really can't start in like season four you have to start at the beginning even though the first season is a little bit slower now you know yeah i i yeah i know i'm always like i promise it's, it's the payoff is great i know season one is rough just we'll get through it together <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like and, and that's that's always my promise too is like look i will watch it with you <laughs> I'll, I'll go through it again it's like i'm totally fine with that <laughs> uh, have you uh have you found anything that you've obsessed about through the uh, the pandemic? Any other shows that you've uh, you've really just dedicated some time to? Uh, well, I personally, uh, I I rewatched I rewatched all the South Park recently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I I have a hard time getting into new shows. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been in the venture fandom since I was eleven. That was when the first season came out. Um, and see, yeah, I'm I'm a little bit older. I I, uh, <laughs> I graduated high school. I graduated high school in 04. and so the pilot came out when I was uh, 16 or 17. Yeah. And uh, and then through college, I like I got this. This is some wild stuff, man. In 2005, I was dating a girl. No, 2005 six. 
I was dating a girl and we, we dressed up like the monarch. And uh, back then it was Dr. Girlfriend. Um, went out Halloween trick-or-treating doing the thing and just being able to do that like I think she had maybe watched like a couple episodes but she was willing to dress up like that character just because it was hilarious yeah it was good yeah yeah, the the only reason why I was asking about that is because I've recently gotten into The Expanse which is fantastic it's really good Um, but it is it's got that kind of like it takes about five episodes before you can even figure out what's going on in the show and it's like it's it is a steep hill to climb and it's a lot of dedication for for the payoff um but that that is that's like my comparative note is like if you if you can get your friends through the first season of the venture brothers like the expanse has that same thing that early game of thrones used to have and it's like it's a really smart really well written show I'll check it out. I'll personally check it out myself. Yeah. Um, so we sign off every episode uh, the, you know, the way, the only way that there is. Uh, can we get a go team venture from you? Absolutely. <laughs> Fingers up. <laughs> go team go venture. Team venture. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. It's been great. Absolutely, man. You have a good one.